Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Roses are red, violets are blue, I live the championship and so do you. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast, I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Storm Kira to my Storm Dennis, it's Justin Peach. Good afternoon. How's it going? It's really good, thank you. How was your birthday? Very pleasant, very pleasant. I spent the day driving around London and then got very drunk, so... How else would you want to spend your birthday? Exactly, exactly. You can ask me about my birthday? Not really. Alright, fair enough. Well, Justin... It has been another interesting weekend of championship football. Loads of shocks. Only one of the top seven won. It's why we love the championship, because we never know what's going to happen. And it makes us pull our hair out because we always get our predictions wrong. But this is why we're here, to let our listeners know why the championship is the best league in the world. So let's have a little chat about it, shall we? Let's crack on. Let's do it. We'll start off with the Ackerbuster. Of the weekend, <laughs> Fulham losing 3-0 to Barnsley. Corley Woodrow with a brace against his former side. I don't think I saw this coming in a million years. I don't think anybody did. No. I don't think Marek Rodak did. No, well he definitely yeah. did, but we'll get on to him in a sec. Fulham, one loss in ten league games prior to this, while Barnsley were without a win in five. But ultimately, Barnsley deserved the three points. Well, no, certainly. Um, but there's two parallels in form there, as you mentioned. You know, Fulham had lost one in ten. Barnsley had won one in ten. Mm. Uh, so certainly a surprise. But Barnsley very much so, you know, deserving of the win. Yeah, Fulham created a few chances, but defensively they were a bit of a shambles. Yes. And not helped by Marek Rodak having a mare for all three of the goals. I was going to say, generally at fault for every single one of those goals. Yep, just a couple of weeks after we were praising him to the heavens we're poison Ryan we are we are the curse of the championship everything we say suddenly goes tits up but either way it was a good result for Barnsley just finally on Fulham Uh, Fulham FC News on Twitter says I don't want to talk about it worst I've seen my team play that I can remember it's nearly 10 years ago now that we beat Juve (laughs) 4-1 oh god which is sad (laughs) Uh, Pat on Twitter says pathetic embarrassing complacent tactically clueless and in a false position scraping wins all season whilst playing dull unambitious football where Mitro doesn't have his one chance to get Parker out of jail this is the result and it's harsh but I can kind of see where Pat's coming from it is harsh and there are some accuracies with what he was saying but ultimately you know they're not there 
by being fluky. You know, they've been relatively good all season, relatively consistent. Um, but I think it's very much a team that Scott Parker has had to transition from what was an absolute horrendous season last season. And what he's achieved this season, I think, is he's, 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 he's achieved quite a lot when you put it into context of other clubs that have come down from the Premier League in past seasons. You know, Sunderland went down, Wolves went down. I know it's kind of hard to, to compare them, but with the squad that they've got, it could have easily ended up like Stoke did um, last season. Could it? They, Come on sp- now. they spent a lot of money on some hang good on, players. Hang on, Justin. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you because they've got Alexander Mitrovic, who is a Premier League striker, mm-hmm. should be at a top half Premier League side. Mm-hmm. They've got some big names in there. Sure, I, I, I get what you're saying about Stoke. They've got some big names and it's not gone well for them this yeah. season or last season. But when you've got a squad as talented as Fulham have got, you expect them to be... Pretty much where they are, I suppose, yeah. and maybe even running away with the league. Maybe, but it's a, it's a competitive division, which is why I think it's certainly an achievement. You got to think you started the season with Tim Ream and Alfie Mawson and Marcus Bettinelli, and they've not they've not really achieved much. It's the same team as last season that caved goals for fun. So to to get it into a a position where they are actually doing okay is is something of an achievement because we've seen teams absolutely capitulate and just sink uh, and and they haven't done that um it was a it was a bad game for them yesterday but it was a blip you look at the form recently it's just a blip it was just a bad day mm. do you say you don't have any concerns about whether they are capable of going up automatically it's it's a struggle and i think it's the inconsistencies earlier on in the season that's that's going to cost them if they don't get into the automatics because as i say they they've They've closed that gap on Leeds and West Brom. They've their, their form recently has been good. Um, they've done what they've needed to do, which I what I said. They've closed the gap on those two. Um, they've just got to they've just got to put this game at the back of their minds and go again. Mm. And that's going to be Parker's job ultimately, because mm. we have had our doubts. Well, I have anyway about <laughs> Scott Parker this season. Um, results like this don't exactly clear away those doubts but uh, they would have been level with Leeds in second had they won this game so it's a sloppy result for them Let, let's, uh, but let's not, go on. I was going to say let's put this game in a bit more context Rodak was was at fault for all three of the goals mm. and that's not Scott Parker's fault so yeah but not scoring against one of the worst defences in the league yeah but they, they immediately they've shot themselves in the foot it's hard to come back from from what they what, 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 what but that's Parker's did. job I, I have sympathy is what I'm getting at. I have no sympathy. Uh, let's not take anything away from Barnsley, no. though, because it was a superb performance from them, something we haven't seen in quite a while. Um, they're still a bit of a way off from getting back into the safety zone, but it is a massive three points, and this gives them a bit of hope, doesn't it? No, certainly, especially with um, Huddersfield dropping points, Charlton losing, Stoke losing as well. Um They've 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 needed to win today. Obviously, Luton getting results. Sorry, yesterday, Luton getting result and, and Wigan starting to pick up form wise. So it's, it's a massive game for Barnsley. And the pressure that you imagine would have been on them before the game to to get something would have been huge. So a three nil coming away with a three nil win is 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 brilliant. Um, and who who'd have said this the day before the season at the fact that Barnsley had done a double over Fulham without yeah. Fulham scoring a goal? Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Corley Woodrow 
Five in his last five now. Superb. I tell you what, since, well, he was <clears throat> out for a bit, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Uh, allegedly with an injury. Mm-hmm. We've been a bit sceptical. Yes. Uh, but he has shown how good he is at this level and how important he will be for Barnsley for the rest of the season. I think it was a couple of seasons ago he went alone to Burton, didn't he? And he almost single-handedly kept them up with the goals he scored. Mm. Um, he's, he's got so much quality and it was a shame that he had to drop down a division to, to, to showcase that but now he's back in the championship he's showing how firstly how versatile he is because obviously he's in that middle middle of that front three dropping into spaces you know not dictating play but he's picking up pockets and, and threading threading balls through Yeah, I um, think he Connor Chaplin Alex Mowat they don't have to worry about whether they'll be in the championship next season because I think even if Barnsley do go down someone's going to snap them up aren't they because those yeah. three are top quality and they've shown that this season uh, in the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday we had a slobber knocker between West Brom and Forest, which finished 2-2 a local Baggies fan on Twitter said I thought we were very impressive against Forest, but we couldn't convert our chances uh, this game was kind of overshadowed by the refereeing decisions <laughs> they kind of took centre stage in the end uh, oh, did you wow. did you see much of this game? no yeah I watched it um, I'm not surprised that the decisions took centre stage because any game that's refereed by Keith Stroud that's on television is centre he's centre stage of every single one of them right. I think every fan in championship can agree with that <laughs> um, it was entertaining because both the Twitter accounts of both clubs were complaining about the refereeing in this um, there were two key ones it just just before we get onto them, what did you make of the refereeing overall? In the game? Yeah, because there was some fouls and cards in there that I looked at and thought, I'm not sure about some <laughs> yeah. of them. Like Matty Cash's yellow card. He got the first yellow card of the game. Yeah. And it was for pretty much nothing. Straight after Jake Livermore, karate kicked Ribiera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of the, even the, the, the small niggly fouls, um, I thought were, were really poor. Um, they just seemed way off the game seem way off the pace of the game it's it's a, it's a game at the top of the table that's full-blooded and there were there were times where he let um let the tackles go like the Livermore one but would pull back some small pushes in the backs and it's like just let the game go let it let it flow and then you can almost referee it yourself and then you start to lose control of it as as he did do you think he did do you think he lost control of it absolutely yeah. well we'll get on to some of the there were two key decisions as i say uh, the first off First one was the Forest handball in Bartley, I think. It yes. is his hand in the box. Handball for you? I think so, yeah. His hand wasn't too far out, but I don't see how it can't be handball particularly. No, this is where there's so much confusion with the, the, the rule of handball. Um, in my opinion, if it is your hand, it's handball. Whether or not it's, it's accidental or it's by your side, I think it's, it's handball because... If the ball doesn't hit his hand, I presume you mean from a certain distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Okay. If the ball, if the ball uh, doesn't hit his hand, who's to say that's not going to go into the bottom corner? Yeah. So it's handball for me. Uh, then right at the death, it's the one that everyone's been talking about. Robinson's goal was disallowed after it hit Bartley on the line. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> it's definitely offside. I thought so as well. Um, there seems to be this every so often. This little uh, bit of the offside rule yeah. seems to come out that. It's two defenders who have to keep a player on side, yeah, yeah. and the keeper is in front of Bartley, meaning that he is offside. Mm-hmm. And Bartley could be argue it could be argued that he's obstructing the defender on the line from potentially clearing the ball. And also, there's there's got to be a fair chance that it's touched him before going over the line as well. To be fair, I'm, I'm, I was well with you up until did the ball hit his face 
as it, like hit him in the chest. Was he over the line when it hit him? Uh, it's no. Yeah, yes, it was. It was over so the line. If the ball's over the line when it hits him, is he offside? Well, that's what West Brom fans are arguing. Yeah, that's but I, yeah. I think it's probably hit him before. And he, he's, he, he, the offside rule indicates that the player's got to be in, interacting with play. Yeah, he's yeah. interacting with play because he's on the bloody line. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, the, the ball's hit him. However, if it's if the ball's hit him after crossing the line, then he's not offside, and then they've got every right to feel aggrieved. So that does add some You've change in, your tune. Yeah, no, that adds some real debate to it. We, were, I was well up for, I was, I was with you, but. I'd like to see it again now. No, I think he's definitely offside. It's a, it's a weird one, but I think the referee's actually got this correct. Um, but let's move away from the decisions. Both teams happy with the draw? I think so, yeah. Maybe Forrest happier to come away with the draw. Considering West Brom's form. West Brom's form, scoring in the last minute and feel, well, every right to be aggrieved with some, with some bad decisions. I think Forrest will be happier amongst the two. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Callum Robinson, loving life at West Brom. His first goal, but he's looked lively in his first few games. And I've said it before, <laughs> he could be an unbelievable signing. And it's it's quite impressive, really, that they've managed to attract him away from Sheffield United. I know he wasn't getting much game time, but you'd have thought he would have probably deserved more game time in the Premier League. Yeah, but I think I mentioned it last week that they weren't quite playing a system that suited him. He's not really a central striker. And obviously, Sheffield United played with two up front and yeah. he doesn't really he's better coming in from inside um, I think his first goal uh, sorry his goal his goal yesterday summed that up perfectly mm. um, you know drifting in from the from the left so we've mentioned it already but it is a very good signing at this level probably one of the best in the transfer window uh, in the championship a huge coup yeah, absolutely. Uh, West Brom four points clear of Leeds in second now. Uh, Forest are four points off Leeds. So, as we say, good result for them. Matty Cash's goal. Oh, it's lovely, wasn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, he struck it really well. Really well. And he's capable of doing that, isn't he? Well, he was a midfielder before. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's got ability. And, um, you know, well, he was linked with AC Milan, wasn't he? And he's been linked with a call-up to the Polish national side. So that was earlier in the season. So that would that, you know, be interesting to see if that actually I'd love to evolves see that. into something. Yeah, I would love to see it happen. Him and her. Lewandowski. There'll there'll be a heavy championship representation in that Poland side at the Euros this summer if if he does. Yeah, Grzycki. Yeah, Bielkowski. Bielik's out, isn't he? Bielik, he might be back, but in time. Maybe no, not. He's, mm. no, he's 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 done. Okay. Either way, it's three. We'll the, the, take that. Yeah. <laughs> Good enough. Uh, lovely. Let's go to Leeds then. They picked up their first win in four games by beating Bristol City 1-0. Luke Ayling with the goal against his former club. It must be a bit weird being a Leeds fan because they won this game, but they should have won it by at least three. Yeah, it's, 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 it, well, firstly, it's a huge result. Um, they needed it. You know, Two yeah. wins in ten is, prior to this is, is not good enough for a team chasing automatics. But the last two games, they've showed what they are capable of. Uh, they, they, I, I disagreed with you in the week. I, I think they deserve three points against Brentford. Okay, um, and they probably should have won. Well, no, they definitely should have won this by a large margin because Bristol City weren't anywhere near Leeds. No, they um, were dominant, weren't they? Absolutely, the, the definition of dominant, apart from scoring more goals. Yeah. Um, the only thing I worry about that is that sort of mindset in the Premier League. You know, if you're not if you're not scoring enough goals, not taking chances, you're going to get relegated. Well, that's something to worry about in the future, Justin. It is. We, we've got a long way to go before Leeds are in the Premier League. But sort it out now. 
Well, hopefully really Jean Kevin Augustin will be that man. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, anyway, let's go to Twitter. Oliver on there says, It's unbelievable what impact Calvin Phillips has on our team these mm-hmm. last two games. He's been unreal. And I feel now that he is back in the team. He has given us a big boost with the fixtures we have to play. And I completely agree. Calvin Phillips has completely changed Leeds' fortunes. Uh, they look so much better. So much mm-hmm. better. Um, it's got to be said, he's too good for the championship, isn't he, really? <laughs> well, we've said this all season, haven't we? So He's a Premier League player. Yeah, and it's annoying because I've said it before. If he was playing in the Premier League, he'd be at the Euros with England this summer. I this afternoon Tottenham playing. I watched Eric Dyer. I thought it was terrible in midfield. Mm. Um, certainly, Calvin Phillips has got the ability to 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 play to play in there. Yeah, I've said it before, and he should be in the England squad anyway. He's the only reason he's not is because he's in the Championship. But I yep. I firmly believe. He isn't too far off Declan Rice. He's a better passer than Declan Rice. And I think I, you could argue that he might be a better player than Declan Rice all yeah. around because Declan he's, Rice he's is got, still a young lad. Yeah, he? he's got more experience. And I think I think Calvin Phillips has played in more big games yeah. than Declan Rice. Calvin Phillips is a class player. He needs a move to the Premier League soon because he's too good for this league. Um and I think England, he would definitely benefit this England side. Yeah, no, certainly. Good day for Leeds, though. Rest of the top seven dropping points. They're now second, three points clear of Fulham. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine Bristol City were expecting too much from this game. Uh, the scoreline flattered them, really. Oh, yeah. uh, they've been smashed twice by Leeds this season now. And God help them if they get get them in the playoffs. Uh, they're still level on points with Preston in sixth, though. No, yeah, certainly. I, I maybe expect a little bit more from Bristol City in this game. They, they are a good away team, the way they set up, um, but they didn't really have a sniff. They were poor against Derby in the week, even though they came out with a win. Um, and I think that seeped into the weekend a little bit. They were very just, just very standoffish. Um, they are they are a defensive side, but I take Forest for, for an example. I trust Forest. If they go 1-0 ahead, I trust Forest to deal with that. Um, and, and possibly see it out for the game, but this Bristol City side defensively, I just organisationally, I think it, it's poor. I just don't have any confidence in a playoff side, which is certainly something that you know I've, I've said before that I think they're one of the teams that are going to finish in the playoffs. But the last two games, I think they've been really poor, and it's certainly it's not helping my mindset on that. Yep. Preston lost 1-0 at home to Millwall. Sean Hutchinson with the goal. A missed opportunity, really, for Preston. They could have moved up to third with a win, Mm. which shows just how tight it is at the top. The result's even more disappointing when you consider how good Preston are at home because the whole performance as a whole was very drab. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think think it's more credit to Millwall um, that they've managed to, to stifle Preston. As you said, you know, Preston have got one of the, the best home records in the division. I think it's them and Derby at the top. So, you know, you you, you maybe expect a little bit more, but this, this the way this Millwall team sets up tactically, it's very hard to play against, and mm. it's it adds a lot of um, yeah competition. Yeah. In the I mean, full credit to Millwall, and we'll get onto them in a sec. But Preston just looked completely out of ideas. They had a few chances early on, but then after that. It was very poor. Um, I don't understand why Dave Nugent's starting. I going to say that. He's, he's not got it anymore. And I know you love Dave Nugent, but he quite simply shouldn't be playing for a team 
hoping to be in the playoffs? Maybe, but I think the important thing you've got to recognise with Preston is that they're not a team that relies on their their striker. They they get goals from Daniel Johnson, Barkhouse, and uh, yeah, I, I get that. I get it. I get that. But it's more of a Pre- foil. It's more yeah. of a foil. I but think. with Preston's style of play, they they were just hump, humping it, lumping it up to uh, yeah. Dave Nugent, and he's not got the ability anymore to either a hold up the ball or win the ball in the air. So surely you want either somebody like Jaden Stockley who's a big old lump and will be able to <laughs> win headers. Or you want somebody like Sean Maguire, who admittedly hasn't had a great season, but at least he's got a bit more about him in terms of pace, that kind of thing. Yeah, but you want... You'd sort of, I think you'd, you'd, you're better off having that out wide um, in Sean Maguire. I do I do agree with you. They do need more up front, and that, that could cost them in the playoffs. Not I think it that. definitely will. I, I, I'm, I'm worried that Preston won't finish in the playoffs simply because they haven't got a striker. Fair enough. Uh, let's say, brilliant performance to Millwall. Yeah. Gary Rowett's sides, they probably should have wrapped up the game earlier because they had some unbelievable chances. Um, Millwall have fallen back a bit in the playoff race because their recent form has been poor. No win in their past five games prior to this game. But they're still very much amongst it. Four no, points off top six. Definitely, and I think this this game especially is a statement from Millwall. Um, as I mentioned, they're playing against a side with one of the best home, division, uh, home records in the division. Um, and they were fully deserving of the win. They created a lot of chances. Um, and as well as that, you know, the, Rowett has shifted the team from a stereotypical lump at 10 men behind the ball that we've seen from Millwall in the past under a certain Neil Harris. Mm. Um, and they've become a lot more functional. You know, playing a 3 4 3, for example, something you don't see many teams do in the Championship now. Um, but, you know, he's got Millwall playing that. And that, you know, that's why they're creating more chances and getting more opportunities to, to, to get ahead in the game. And defensively, we, knew, we know they're good enough. Um, just one more point on them. They always have a centre-half who gets goals in a season. Yeah. Last season was Jake Cooper. who was insane. Uh, his goal record was ridiculous for a centre-half. And this season, Sean, Hutchins, uh, Sean Hutchinson's got five. Are you implying that Millwall are a set-piece team? They're, they're pretty good from set-pieces. I think that's pretty evident. Mm, I would have never guessed with Matt Smith in their team. Let's head to St Andrews, where Birmingham and Brentford played out a one-all draw. Elliot on Twitter says a proper scrappy game got trolled by Lee Camp too many times, from a Brentford perspective. It feels like two points dropped, really, for Brentford, doesn't it? They've got to be winning games like this if they want to go up automatically. Yeah, I don't think losing Jensen early on in the game helped them. Uh, it probably certainly upset the rhythm uh, in the midfield. Um both sides, both sides created chances. Brentford, as I say, losing Jensen, I think they lacked a bit of control in midfield. Um, surprised Baptiste didn't play. Mm. Um, I think Yearwood come, came on for him, and I've not seen Yearwood much, but I don't think he's as game ready as maybe someone like Baptiste is, um, especially at this level. Um, so yeah, I, th- I do agree. It's two points drop, but you know, full credit to Birmingham. I thought they were, I thought it looked pretty good. Yes, uh, from Jensen to Jansen. Uh, they really need Pontus Jansen back. Yeah. Really bad. Definitely. Uh, they've only kept one clean sheet since he last played seven games yeah. ago. And they have got the best defensive record in the league, but they have been letting in some sloppy goals yeah. recently. Yeah, and definitely. That has ultimately cost them, even though Ethan Pinnock has really stepped up recently. And I love Ethan Pinnock. No, so do I. I, I loved him off football manager for, for a start. I didn't realise how tall he was. 
He's very tall. He's very tall. Yeah, but he's also very quick as well. Mm. He's got everything you really want in a centre-back. He's brilliant on the ball. He is one of those buys that Brentford do, yeah. where they just pull it out of the bag and they turn out to be bloody good. Let's talk Birmingham, because Davros on Twitter says, Blues were tremendous and really took the game to Brentford. Um, we scored and we needed to hold on a bit longer. They scored and then dominated the ball second half, as you'd expect. A point apiece is fair. A good result for Birmingham, isn't it? Uh, I feel like you can't talk much about Birmingham, though, without talking about Jude Bellingham, because he had a really good good game here. But recently... Everyone's got a bit crazy talking about Jude Bellingham this week. Uh, I've seen people say he's worth over 50 million. He would walk into every championship side and he should be in the England squad. Oh, wow. Some big statements. I'm not sure any of them are true. Um, Everyone just needs to stop for a second. Just take a breather. Just let him play his football. Yeah, exactly. He's a very talented 16-year-old, but 50 million is an enormous amount of money for anyone let alone someone who's not even done their GCSEs yet. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> walk into any championship side. I mean, really? Come on now. Let's not be silly. He's a good player, but I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to get carried away with him. I, I saw Nathan Redmond absolutely destroy teams for mm. Birmingham. Um, and I'm not saying he, he, he's faltered a little bit, but he certainly his career's not gone the way that I think everybody at that time thought he'd go. Same with Damari Gray, I think. I well, it's the same with loads of young players. Yeah. It's there's always this this enormous amount of hype, and I'm worried with Bellingham. It might be a bit too much because he comes across as a very level-headed lad for someone who's just 16. Um, but there's some crazy stuff being said, and he's a very talented 16-year-old. Let's not get away from that. But we're not talking about the second coming of Lionel Messi here. He should just go on to have a very good career. But a lot of the stuff this week has just been crazy I, as I said you just got to let him play his football any any kid who's 16 playing at first team level just let them play the football um, you know you, you, you hate to see some careers go down the, the pan as we've seen many times before I don't think that will happen with Bellingham because I think he's got everything in the locker but he needs to develop that uh, so yeah. just give him the platform to do it yeah to give you an idea of just how young <clears> he is by the time you're, the next Euros come around he'll still only be 20 that is, that's how long his career has got. Yeah. So he, there's a lot of time between the next time the Euros do come around. We we don't want it to be one of those Daily Mail articles where they try and predict the next line <laughs> for the next competition and only two of those players are still playing professional football. Yes. Uh, on Friday night, we had an absolute corker of a game. Hall 4, Swansea 4. Uh, defending in this game was absolutely uh, abysmal. Yeah, it yeah. was toilet. Uh, Swansea are now without a win in the last five, and it's mm-hmm. really seen them fall behind in the playoff race. Yeah. They desperately need Roden and Van der Horn back at 100%, really, don't they? Yeah, I've not been overly impressed with Mark Gay yet. Uh, no. I, think- I don't think Swansea fans have either. I think, well, I, I saw the Swansea uh, social media account put out a who scored thing on him, and his average rating was like six point um, six or something. Really not impressive. No, um, not something to brag about. He's still a young lad, and I think it's his first run of games at first team level. Yeah. Um, so he's certainly going to develop, and I think you, you know, maybe if Swansea staying in Championship next season, they're going to need him next season because um, I can't see. Roden and Van der Horn both staying. Mm. Um, so he'll be important next season. 
And as you said, they do need the Roden and Van der Horn back um, ASAP because they're defending for the last few, few, well, a lot of goals they've conceded over the last couple of weeks. has They've been avoidable. Yeah. They've all been avoidable. They've been shocking. Uh, I've seen a few fans calling for Steve Cooper to be sacked. Mm. It's ridiculous, isn't it? it? It's not as good as last season, but... You know, I think he's had a he's had it a bit harder this season than maybe Potter did last season. Yeah, you know they've had to rely on loans a little bit this season. They've had to rely on players coming back from absolutely nowhere. Um, so I think yeah, give him just give him time. He's 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 rediscovering what Swansea City have been about over the last decade. Um, just let him do that. Yeah, I I, I can't believe the fans calling for his head. I mean, he's not had exactly had much money to spend, has he? Well, as you say. again, I've read something recently that the owners are just they're putting absolutely no money into the club at yeah. all. But they're having to make cuts. There's yeah, news exactly. out this week that they're having to make even more cuts exactly. this summer. So he's been he's been dealt a, a bit of a dud hand, really, hasn't he? And it's only going to get dudder if that's a word. <laughs> but yeah, 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 that's what I mean. He's. He, he's having to basically develop youngsters, which yeah. he is obviously good at because he was with England's under-17s before. I'm afraid Swansea fans just need to be patient. Sure, the playoffs, realistic. Yeah, the playoffs would be a brilliant achievement this season, but the fa- if they don't get in there, it's not the end of the world. No. So just bear with him. He's a young coach, and he could end up being a very, very good coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was only Hall's second point in their last seven league games. They've lost as many games in the last month than they did between the end of August and the end of 2019. Wow. It's, it's not much for you to say on Hull at the moment. They're, they're sinking down the table at uh, a worrying rate, but to, to, to score four goals when they haven't really scored many at all recently is a fairly good feat for them. Yes. One uh, of the positives to take out of this game. <laughs> Well, defensively, there definitely weren't any positives. Marcus Madison got his first goal in a Hull shirt. How do you see him doing at championship level? It's a strange one because uh, I can't remember what game it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was on telly. I watched him. It was against Brentford. Um, I wasn't totally bowled over by him, um, although the the whole Hull side that day were, were pretty lacklustre. Um, he certainly got the, the ability, but I pointed it out um, in January, he's, he's going to be 27 in September. Um, he's very much in his prime. It's a cheap signing to replace yeah, Jared Bowen. I mean. um, so it, 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 it's going to be one of those that either go... Can you remember Michael McIndoe? Yes. He was absolutely brilliant for Doncaster. And he, and he went to... I can't remember where he went to. He stepped up team-wise, and it just flatlined. I think it was Wolves. Yeah, he, he just flatlined. It really didn't go well for him. And I think it sort of goes into that, falls into that category a bit. Really good at League One level. Championship might be a best step too far. Well, the thing is with Madison as well, he was on fire for Peterborough early in the mm-hmm. season, but then since then he's really struggled for goals. Yeah. So getting a goal quite early on in his whole career will be a very welcome change of pace. Blackburn continued their good form with a 2-0 win away at Charlton. Tosin Adarabayo amongst the goals. A really good team performance from Rovers. Loads of players did well yesterday. Yeah. Christian Walton made some brilliant saves and the whole defence did a great job. John Buckley got his second goal of the season and looked really impressive creating more chances than anyone else on the pitch. He's only 20 and has been a bit in and out of the team this season, but gave a really good showing of himself. Yeah, I think you, you get that with young players. It's his debut season, isn't it, in terms of 
you know proper running games. Um, so you're going to get some inconsistencies in form, but you know for a 20 year old to 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 step in, firstly Dak getting injured, then Holtby, um, and now Buckley's in there filling in that in that uh, number 10 spot he did really well yeah absolutely S8 Rover on Twitter says we have absolutely no right to be doing what we were doing with all the injuries to our best players daring to believe that our spirit and will to win can get us really in with a shout really was in capitals then Uh, (laughs) lump on not so dark horses says S8 Rover Uh, Blackburn seem to be growing in confidence each week and I kind of agree with S8 Rover it's a really nice young squad they've got and I rolled them out of the playoffs not too long ago but I think I could very well be eating my words because, as I say, they're getting better and better. And I still think they might just miss out. But there's a lot to like about this Blackburn team. And I kind of hope they prove me wrong. I think the the really interesting thing about the Blackburn side is, other than downing Bradley Johnson, I think that's about it. Yep, I know what you're going to say. There aren't many older players in that side so mm. they're only going to get better in terms of the development yeah I think off the top of my head the next oldest is Dara Lenahan and he's 25 I think he's 27 25 I think I checked it earlier either way carry on um, but anyway yeah that they're only going to get better in terms of experience and to have a season like they're having this season I don't think anyone would have called it a Blackburn they've been a team that have Oh, Danny Graham as well. We've got about Danny Graham. Yeah, he don't play much. <laughs> and Lenahan's twenty-five. Whatever. Um, <laughs> part time, I got something wrong. Um, yeah, as I say, they're a side that's they're they're just going to keep on improving, and it's it's a really exciting time, I think, to be a Blackburn fan. I don't think the good times are back just yet, but they could be very yeah. very soon. And even if they fail to get in the playoffs this season, it gives them a nice little foundation for Absolutely. the next season, doesn't it? Absolutely. Especially with all these young players. Uh, Charlton, not an ideal result for them, losing this and the bottom three all picking up points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they picked up a brilliant win in midweek, but it's still hard not to be concerned. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a fair few chances, but you know something that uh, hasn't necessarily been synonymous with Charlton this season is they, they do take their chances, but they didn't against Blackburn and they got punished for it. They give away a lot of a lot of um, chances to the opposition, and unfortunately, you know, Blackburn are a lot more experienced at this level um, than say Charlton are. And as I say, they, they've punished them for it. Don't agree with the uh, social media admin at, at Charlton at all. Um, you know, I don't think decisions go against Charlton that that often to the fact that they're costing you games. Mm. Um, yeah, poor from them. I, you know, on the on the upside of that, Blackburn were denied a very obvious penalty for me. Yeah. Dominic Samuel. So. Well, the, these these decisions even themselves out over the course of the season, yeah. don't they? And every fan thinks that their team's hard done by by dodgy referees. But while the refereeing standards this season haven't been great, yep. they <clears throat> every team's had their dodgy decisions. No, definitely. So for a certain admin to claim that their specific team has been hard done by is a load of nonsense I'm afraid yeah. uh, but Charlton massive game against Luton next weekend huge, massive huge. game uh, let's talk about them because they picked up their first away win since September by beating Middlesbrough 1-0 have Luton given themselves a lifeline stop throwing these absolute questions at me because I answer them and you disagree with me <laughs> stop being wrong then <laughs> but maybe they have Back to back wins, three back- wins from five. Exactly, and they've they've certainly right. We we ruled them out, but they've they've closed the gap on the um, on twenty first. You know, Stoke are on thirty four, uh, Luton are on thirty points. That that the, the relegation battle has lit up 
oh, last, yeah. last week. Yeah. And it looked like it was all said and done exactly. a, a few weeks exactly. ago, but they're, they're definitely not going down with a fight, all three of them. Mm. Uh, as mentioned, that game against Charlton next weekend is gigantic. Uh, weirdly, the Luton Twitter account was making fun of Pelivodic and Panzu shooting. Did you see this? I saw them taking the make, not yeah. shooting. It was a bit odd. Yeah, it's all in jest. To be fair, I've seen some of the shots and they were shocking, but it's still very weird for the Twitter account to be just ripping into one of their own players. Uh, Middlesbrough looked revitalised over the Christmas period and even recently I thought their performance had been good despite them not getting the results. But this performance was not very good at all. No, no I was praising them last week, but their, their game against Luton, they were they were really poor. And really didn't, poor. Didn't look like they were going to score at all. No. Um, nine games without a win now. It's concerning times for Johnny Woodgate. Still only six points above the relegation zone. They're still very much in trouble, aren't they? <laughs> well, now now teams in the bottom three are picking up points. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I, I still think they do, they do deserve praise because of how he's turned around the form from the start of the season. The performances, well, have been better, but... It is a damning defeat against Luton, who, as you say, the away record, not once in September, you expect to at least pick up a point. It's a shocking result. It's it's a, it's a bad result and a bad performance. And yeah, not good all round. And <laughs> the way things are going. Well, no, I think that, uh, watching the highlights, the camera kept cutting to Woodgate and almost every time it cut to him, it was just shaking his head and like just complete disappointment. <laughs> well, the table's lying. If they hit the bottom, it might be, yeah. Uh, on, on a positive note though Hayden Coulson looks really good in this game uh, creating four chances from left wing back mm. we've been praising him quite consistently throughout this season really he's looking like a real player and he's one of well Middlesbrough have been known for creating talent through their academy yeah. for quite a few years now and he looks like he That's could be the real deal even though things weren't very good for Middlesbrough at the weekend the next Joe Bennett the next Joe Bennett. At the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium, QPR came from two goals down to win 4-2 against Stoke. This was QPR's best performance in a while because yeah. they've been really poor since beating uh, Leeds, really. Uh, it was a case of Easy and Asai Samuel looking at their sparkling best. Yeah, um, I think if there was ever a game to sum up QPR's season, it, it'd be this one. Yep. 2-0 down, disappointed. And they come back and attack. Outscore with the other team. Yeah, outscore the other team. They attack with the swagger they were attacking with back in what, October, September, October time. So that was good to see. And it almost makes you wonder if they had, if they even just had an average defence, where could this side have gone this season? Oh, crikey. It is a, a ponder. It's, you're talking amongst those teams chasing the players yeah. aren't you definitely yeah. at the very least really yeah. because the, the attacking talent they've got is fabulous and we all know that uh, Patrick on Twitter says we were terrible for the first 30 minutes but then we managed to fight back Easy and Samuel were amazing on his day say Samuel is a real talent isn't he his dribbling ability is ridiculous mm. he's um, quick strong brilliant dribbler and he could score goals as well yeah definitely I think it was um, when Brentford played the um, not the not at uh, Griffin Park at uh, QPR's ground. He absolutely destroyed Rico Henry. Yeah, uh, they, I know they still lost, but Rico Henry is regarded as one of the best fullbacks in the league. Yeah. Absolutely rinsed him, and he's got that ability. Yeah, I like him a lot, and he's only going well. to get even better mm. next season. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing him develop because he could be a top top player uh, every time. Stoke look like they're about to finally end any fears of relegation. They go and put in a. Absolute shambles of a performance like this. Well, 
as the, the QPR fan mentioned, you know, first thirty minutes, obviously Stoke were pretty decent, um, but to collapse like that is absolutely dreadful. As soon as QPR scored, they lost their asses. Yeah, there's there's only one way of saying that. Yeah, they, and they, they could have conceded a lot more because really the score lines flattered them. Uh, they put in some absolute dog dirt performances recently, and it's mainly defensively where the issues are. Conceding goals again. Yeah, because it, scoring goals mm. hasn't been as much of an issue as it was earlier in the season. Um, they, I think they need to give the young talent to go, really. I, they have got some top players there. Their experienced players have let them down all season. Oh, it's yeah. Got, it's lost Gary Rowett's job. It lost Nathan Jones's job. Yeah, not naming any names. <coughs> Danny Bat. Um, but they're looking absolutely awful, th- these experienced yeah. players. I, I'd give Nathan Collins a go. Because he's an 18-year-old centre-back who has played a bit this season, uh, but not much. Not enough uh, for my liking. And there is a lot of hype around him. So uh, why not give him a run of games? Because you can guarantee... Yeah, you can guarantee he'll be giving it his all, which is something I can't say for sure about some of the players starting each week for Stoke at the moment. So why not? You look at the teams that have been forced to play in young players this season and how well it's worked for them. QPR, for example. Derby, one of one of those. Blackburn. Blackburn, they've been forced into playing younger players. Budget, injuries, whatnot. Why not? Why not? Why because not? experienced heads clearly not, not working at the Overpaid home. experienced players isn't working. Exactly. Reading got their only second league win of the season after beating 10-man Wednesday 3-0. Two teams out of form. So I'm surprised it's ended up as a comfortable win. Overall, it was a fantastic performance from The Ding. The what? The Ding. It's what Reading fans are now calling themselves, and I like it. Wow. The ding. The ding. The ding. Uh, that, uh, without any context, that is... Well, Reading. Oh, okay. The ding. Okay, fair enough. That's really poor. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that Oviagiaria assist. My lord. My god. On his day, he is an unbelievable talent, isn't he? Yeah. I'd love to see him and uh, Eberichi Easy play in the same team. Oh, yeah. I mean, Reading and QPR fans have this weird rivalry online where it's, <laughs> oh, who's better, Easy or Ajaria? They're both quality players, yeah, yeah, yeah. both unbelievable dribblers, it. and both great passers. As you say, they're kind of, they're very similar players. I'd say Ajaria's got more of a physical presence, while Easy, Easy probably edges it talent-wise. He's a better goal scorer as well. And a better goal scorer. But, Either way, over Yajaria, fantastic player. And he do, he doesn't do it enough, though. That's the only thing you've got to say about him because he's an exciting player and when he really turns it on, he really turns it on. He's got good feet. Very good feet. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a ridiculously good player. And you almost think, what? English academies produce this sort of talent. <laughs> uh, Leeds away up next for Reading chance to be party poopers it'll be an interesting game because Reading have they have ability in their squad they have the capability to yeah. upset anyone on their day really definitely and I'd, I'd love to see the, this Reading side play a counter-attacking uh, game because they've got players with pace they've got physical players uh, and they've got um, good playmakers in the side yeah right. in a way I feel like this Reading side with maybe a different manager because I'm still not convinced by Mark Bowen and a couple of other players yeah. be a very good side at this level. Very good side. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday's implosion continues. One league win since Christmas. <sighs> I mean, 
they don't have a bad squad. Oh no, no. I mean, that's that's a given. They should be in the playoffs, really, shouldn't they? But let's let's you know let's give you a bit of a history lesson. Gary Monk, how often have his sides fallen away? Too often. Swansea, Leeds, Leeds, Middlesbrough, Butler and Birmingham, all fell away without a trace. And now it's happening very, very early on in the Sheffield Wednesday spell. Very alarmingly as well. Which is a worry. A massive worry. Massive, massive worry. Um, just quickly, Kieran Westwood needs to come back in, doesn't he? Because Cameron Dawson... Since he is, signed that deal. He's having an absolute mare. <laughs> uh, he made a couple of mistakes. And I'm not saying he's a bad keeper, but you need an experienced heading goal, really, don't you, when things are going as tits up as they are? Yeah, and, you know... I- I think Kieran Westwood, you forget how old Kieran Westwood is, but he's, I think he's still one of the best keepers in the league. Um, he's a good shot stopper, he's good with the ball at his feet, and as you say, his experience, which is something that clearly the Sheffield Wednesday defence needs. We mm. saw that tweet I showed you before the uh, episode we started recording about that guy with the half season ticket has only seen <laughs> defeats since they were third in the table at Christmas. <laughs> which is very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the amount of goals they're conceding at home is terrible and I oh, think yeah. an experienced heading goal will, will help that yeah it's all about giving confidence to your defenders because yeah, it, it, it's just all going wrong they've got three winnable games coming up though against Birmingham Charlton and Derby they need to get something from those games because their fixtures in March are unbelievably tough you, you won't believe how tough they are and with a possible points deduction looming uh, they need to get as many points on the boards as soon as possible just in case but we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a bit Justin uh, Cardiff 2 Wigan 2 Cardiff had a goal controversially chalked off late on what did you think of it? It was the goal mark scramble wasn't it? Yeah where uh, <laughs> Marshall was playing uh, volleyball with himself really on his own <laughs> yeah. line um, I was watching the SPL earlier on today and I saw the same thing happen and the referee blew a foul um, against the defending team. Sorry, for the defending team, so they disallowed the goal. Yeah. And there was no foul. I just think referees lose a bit of control in that moment. They can't see what's going on. The easiest thing to do for them is to blow up for a foul. Okay. I don't think it was a foul. Fair. In, in all honesty. Either way, a draw at home against Wigan's a poor result for Cardiff really, isn't it? Yeah, given their home record and Wigan's away record, yeah, definitely. But I think Wigan are going through a bit of a resurgence of late. They're starting to score goals, which I've not said all season. No. Nobody's said all season. No, definitely um, not. So I think, you know, credit a bit of credit there to Wigan. Yeah. I mean um, it's a good point for them, isn't it, really? You say that, but they you know, they threw away the lead twice. Yeah, but this Wigan side the away, we we know how terrible they mm-hmm. are away. So and Cardiff's home form has been very solid this yeah, season so yeah. really you've got to say it is a good point yeah um, credit to Kiefer Moore as well yeah professional rugby player Kiefer Moore scoring two including a cheeky little flick how sexy that was that was a very delicious flick yeah we haven't seen that much from him this season because he's kind of lacked confidence really since yeah. moving to Wigan because he's had an absolute nightmare of a season really but it's good to see him get two well that's what happens when you give your striker the ball they score goals so do a bit more of that Wigan well, there you go. Justin has spoken. And we'll finish off with Derby and Huddersfield. That was one all. Harrison on Twitter says Derby was slow and lethargic. The first half Huddersfield should have been in front, but in fairness, their only goal came from a lack of caring by Bogle. Which is a bit harsh. But... Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Pal driver from Tom Lawrence. What a goal. Yeah, the highlight show on Quest sort of highlighted 
um, Harry Toffler's goal, which was a very good goal. Yeah. But Tom Lawrence's was very special. Oh, it's beautiful. The, the, the way it's just, it's like swerved yeah. into the top corner as well. It's like, you know, that Ronaldo free kick against Portsmouth. Yeah. Where it's like a homing missile straight to the top corner. I can it was see like the comparison. that. The, the dip on it, certainly. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, but again, you give someone that much space who yeah. has the ability to shoot from distance, that's going to yeah. happen. That's it. He does have the ability, doesn't he? And on his day, he's one of the most talented players in the league. It's yeah. just, we don't see it enough from Tom yeah. Lawrence. Uh, Lewis O'Brien, very good player. Very good player for Huddersfield. He was at the centre of. Most of the good things Huddersfield did yesterday, they pretty very much so. Not much going on in that game, but two players, Max Bird and Lewis O'Brien, heads above the rest. Yeah, in that game. Yeah, I mean Lewis O'Brien, he works his socks off, but he's also a very talented player and was causing Derby a host of problems. Absolutely. And whatever division Huddersfield are in next season, he is going to be a quality, quality mm-hmm. player for them, isn't Certainly he? Because is. he is looking like a real, real. Talent. Let's go to the other news from the week. Justin will start off with Sheffield Wednesday because a number of championship clubs are demanding a serious points deduction for the Owls. Grasses. If, if it's if it's the club, if it's is my notes here are completely jumbled up. If the club is found guilty of of misconduct by an independent disciplinary commission over the sale of Hillsborough to its owner, they could very well be on the receiving end of a points deduction, possibly 12 points. Yeah, and I think this is why Derby, Sheffield Wednesday and Reading, they all need to pick up as many points as possible because mm-hmm. they all are, they're at risk of possible punishment here. So. Massively. Massively. And obviously Sheffield Wednesday's form has been terrible. So if it does happen... It's squeaky bum time. Well, if they do get a 12-point deduction, they'll be one point ahead of Wigan in the, in the relegation zone, which is unbelievable. And with their form, with Sheffield Wednesday's form, yeah. you wouldn't rule it out mm-hmm. because it seems like, you know, I don't know if it is, but it seems like the off-the-pitch stuff might be affecting them. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think the injuries have helped. No, the injuries haven't helped, but you can't rule out the off-the-field yeah. stuff playing an impact either. So whether it happens, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, ben Gibson's training with his former club, Middlesbrough, despite still being a Burnley player. They've confirmed he wanted to leave in January, but they didn't get a offer that was good enough. So he's only he's only played once in the league since moving for £15 million a year ago. Such a waste. Such a waste. I mean, people are talking about him playing for England. He got caught up. Did he get called up? I think he got a call up to the squad when um, Borough were in the Premier League early on in that season. Yeah. Um, and then since then, it is a shame. Again, what we were talking about Bellingham earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he is older than you think. Yeah. He, he is. Yeah, I yeah. think he's 27, but still, he's a very good player. And the fact that he's now, I presume, not going to play football again this season because he doesn't want to be at Burnley. Yeah. It's very, it's quite upsetting, really, because. He's gone he, to his uncle's place to train. Yeah. And. Yeah, I imagine he'll probably move back there or somewhere in the championship next season. But sad how it's turned out, really. Uh, South Yorkshire police are investigating after a football supporter suffered a head injury following Barnsley's clash with Sheffield Wednesday. The 16-year-old boy was injured by a police officer's baton. A video has been widely shared on social media. We'll move on from that. Uh, Forest defender Joe Wobble has signed a two-year contract extension with the club. His new deal runs until 2024 and he's been linked with a move to a number of Premier League clubs including Arsenal and Sheffield United yeah I think he's better than Jamal Lascelles when Jamal Lascelles came through 
Yeah, I think that's fair to say because, uh, as I was saying last week, he's been the best defender in the championship yeah. this season. He's a quality player. Um, he could still very well move in the summer, but at least this will give Forrest a bit more cash if he does yeah. move. Yeah, well, Forrest have got a fair few assets in their side, so you know, even if it doesn't happen this season, there's possible funding there to to fuel a few playoff campaigns in the future yep let's go on to the injury section because there have been players have been going down all over the place this winter it's been really bizarre Uh, we'll start off with Adam Forshaw his season is likely over after Leeds decided to send the midfielder to America for hip surgery he's not played since September I was going to say his season hasn't really got going has it no Uh, Stoke winger James McLean is going to be out injured for several weeks after suffering a knee injury Uh, it's quite a big blow because he's actually been one of Stoke's best players in recent weeks yeah I think he's I every time I've seen James McLean, uh, McLean play, I've really enjoyed him. He's, his left foot uh, and his ability to cross the ball under pressure is brilliant. Um, yeah. So yeah, big play for Stoke. Yeah, he he kind of gets overlooked really because of the off Obvious, the pitch yeah, the stuff. Obvious but he is a very good player at this level, really, isn't he? Uh, yeah, his quality, as I say, his left foot is a wand. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Terence Congolo is missing the rest of the season because of injury after only joining Fulham on loan in January. Oh. Uh, and finally, Hall could be without Eric Lehigh and Herbie Kane for the remainder of the campaign, also through injury. Herbie Kane only joined in January as well, so bad news. They're dropping all like flies, Ryan. They are dropping like flies. I mean, Hall especially because they're, they've had a few injuries this season, mm. losing those two. Not ideal. No. Uh, Millwall have held positive talks with Lewisham Council over plans to redevelop their stadium. We kind of spoke about this last yeah, week. Yeah. We thought it was a new stadium. It's not. Just, it's just redeveloping mm-hmm. the old one. Um, but they want to increase the cap capacity to 34,000. 34,000. That is massive. That'll make it one of the biggest grounds in the championship. And as previously stated, they don't really fill out the den at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. It's very odd. And we'll finish off with this. A woman has been reunited with a mixtape she lost on holiday after it washed up on a beach 25 years later, 1,200 miles from where she last saw it. Uh, Stella Weddle was 12 when she took the tape to uh, Costa Brava in 1993. But during a holiday to Stockholm last year, she was stunned after spotting the mixtape along with a list of the 20 songs on it on display at a photography museum. It's not quite being reunited with like a lost pet or a family member but well if you got reunited with a pet after 25 years okay yeah i don't think it'd be in a great state but (laughs) but either way how crazy warms the heart you ever been reunited with something that you haven't seen in ages good derby performance bloody hell (laughs) (laughs) well let's go do some polls justin at the start of the show we asked you three questions first off should calvin phillips be in the england squad i think so yeah 38% 38% said yes. Hmm. So the majority of people saying no. Um, no surprise, because a lot of championship fans yeah, aren't yeah. the biggest fan of Leeds. Um, what was the next one? The next one was, is the bottom three going to change? Barnsley, Luton, Wigan. <laughs> There's a debate there, but I think the current rate of things, I think it can do, yeah. 58% said no. i tell you what, a few weeks ago, People would have said that would have been about 90% no. Mm -hmm. But the recent performances are starting to change people's minds a wee bit. Resurgence. And finally, should Justin keep his moustache? Yes. Uh, 72% said no. We put a picture on of you Mm -hmm. with your new tash. It's looking very bushy. 
Thank you. It's something to be admired. Yeah. Um, you, we won't go into the details of why you grew it, but you went to a Stranger Things cinema thing, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Secret Cinema in London. Yeah. Uh, I, it was obviously 80s themed, so I had a moustache and a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. So I've not just grown it because I like moustaches, yeah. but I think I like it. Yeah. Yeah, very good. I'm a big fan of it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something, but let's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go to the Craig Parson pub quiz, Justin. So I have a mystery footballer for Justin, who is a championship legend. He will have made at least 200 championship appearances and will have played in the championship relatively recently. So here is the first of your six clues. I've made 280 appearances in the championship, scoring 72 goals. It's a good number of goals. It's a lot of goals. What ratio is that? Like one in four? Yes. That's a good striker. Maths. Quick maths. Adam LaFondra. It's not Adam LaFondra. I've played for eight different clubs in the championship. Jesus. Eight. Making my debut for Crew in 2000. I'm playing my last game for Millwall in 2013. That's not a long career. No, it's not actually, is it? Interesting. Didn't, didn't even notice that, but fair point. It's Rob Hulse. It is Rob Hulse. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> For God's sake! <laughs> yeah, he retired because I think he had bad back. He had a bad back and now he's a physio. Yeah. Yeah. Did you realise his last club was Millwall? Yeah. 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 Damn it. I completely forgot about that. I, I had no idea. He, he's, he had two loan spells at Charlton and Millwall. Uh, I'll rattle through the rest of the clues, though. I'm known for being quite tall. In fact, I'm so tall, I couldn't play for a year because of back problems yeah, after I had yeah, a growth spurt. I've made 36 appearances in the Premier League for the likes of QPR and West Brom. Completely forgot he was at QPR. Uh, I've won Player of the Year for four different clubs. Do you want to name them? Uh, Did you ruin the quiz? Crew? Yep. West Brom? No. Leeds? Yes. Derby? Yes. And uh, who else is there? He's played well for Sheffield United. Oh yeah, in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, Sheffield United is where I remember him the most, really. I don't know how Derby got him from Sheffield United after they came down. They spent a bit of money on him, didn't he? Yeah. He was getting on a bit. Yeah, it was a couple of million, I think. So Derby had their pants down, didn't they? With him, <laughs> they turned down that four million pound bid for him, and he went a year yeah. later. He's had he's. Had quite a few good spells, really, hasn't he? He was a fairly good target man. Hard working, good at winning the ball, good at holding up the ball. Very composed as well. Some of the goals yeah. he scored were brilliant. Yeah. And as you mentioned, he's now a physio. He works at the Russell's Hall Hospital in Dudley. 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 Um, so, well done to Rob Holtz. And thank you for listening, listeners. Uh, next week, next Saturday, Justin. Gets interesting. We're going to a game. Which game are we going to, Justin? <laughs> Unsurprisingly... It's a Brentford game. Yes. Against Blackburn. <laughs> yeah. And we're looking forward to it. It's the first game that we've gone to since... Uh, well, <laughs> first game that... Not, not a derby game. Yeah. Um, first game that we've gone to since doing the podcast. We're yeah, yeah. very excited to go. We've been giving Brentford loads of praise. We've given Blackburn loads of praise. So Perfect it's game for us. Perfect game for us. If you want to uh, come down, we'll... Uh, We'll say hi to you. We'll um, tweet us, DM us, whatever. We'll yeah. uh, say hi to you. We'll... Buy your drink. We're too poor, we're poor to buy your drinks. Poor. It's in London, <laughs> and it's in London. We're not that rich, uh, but we'll, we'll say hi. We'll have, we'll have a pint with you. That kind of thing. It'll be good. Enjoy yeah. some football. Enjoy the four pubs on every corner of Griffin Park. Yes, and I'll take you to that driveway restaurant. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, let's do it. 
So if you uh, are in, at the Brentford game next weekend, then do say hi to us. We're friendly. We are friendly, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm friendly. You, you, you have a tendency when you get a couple of tinnies down here. Oh, no, I'm nice. Mm. Say that. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> uh, right, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. I just want to make sure that <laughs> Justin hasn't got a reputation for doing anything when he's drunk. He's a very good drunk. I just want to stop these rumours. <laughs> You're pulling a face. I'm going to end it there. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Make you all right.